wonderful inspiration from the Holy Ghost. God dropped it down for our church. And I was listening to an uh, assembly from another country this week, and uh, they were singing this song. And Brother uh, Murphy said it's gone all the way to China, and it's become like a theme song in China. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's let the world know. Tell somebody. We have storms. They have storms. But our God is the same here, there. He's here tonight. Hallelujah. So let's sing this together in worship. Lift up your mouth and just sing to the top of your lungs. Hallelujah. It's good to worship God. So when the road you provider is here. Our baptizer is here. Our Lord Jesus is here. All things are possible. Tonight, if you have a need, slip up your hand right now in this presence. I believe he's here. He's listening. Heavenly Father, we reach out our hands on this Sunday night to draw strength from El Shaddai. Come walking across the sands of time and visit us and turn our lives back to youth again. Oh, God, that the inspiration and quickening power would come from our souls, right up through our spirits, into our bodies. Someone could be shouting the victory and giving glory to God tonight that might be weary or downcast. Let us strengthen one another. Let us encourage one another in the faith. Thank you for the baptism tonight, Lord. Our sister Ashley DeSmith is going to be baptized. We thank you for her family. 
but we thank you for dealing personally with her. 14-year-old young lady, but you have not forgotten years ago, Lord. And now you've not forgotten tonight. I pray you'd fill her with the Holy Ghost. If this whole service was for her, it would be worth it all. Bless your holy name tonight, Jesus. But I believe it's for others. It's for many. It's for all of us. Feed us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir, for coming up and weathering the storm. I don't know where everyone else is, but... Oh, my. Well, God bless you. Amen. You have your seats. Ephesians. Amen. Ephesians. We'll turn to a familiar scripture. And I'm still feeding off of this morning. Hallelujah. That was good word. Hallelujah. Good word, Lord. If you weren't all holding your swords, I'd have you clap to the Lord. But Amen. It's hard to clap, Brother Murphy, and with a sword in our hand. But God bless you, Brother Murphy. Amen. God bless Brother Tim and all the ministry. Brother uh, Ernie Villanueva is in uh, Renton tonight. And some drove down to uh, be with him. And that's just fine. That's just wonderful. We thank the Lord for that. And Sister Helen Billisberger, we visited her on Thursday. And uh, she loves you all. She sends her love and greetings. And she was a little bit weak and frail that day. She hadn't been able to get up for therapy. And then I heard this morning from Sister Eleanor that she got up. It must have been the next day, Sister Eleanor, and was walking all over the pod with her little walker. And they were just all amazed. So praise the Lord. A little visit sometimes is good. Amen. And she loves you. And we gave her your love. And uh, I believe she'll be connected soon. Some of her family's coming uh, this week to be with her. And uh, that's important. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, verse three, real familiar uh, scriptures to us as believers. Uh, Paul in Ephesians 1, 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I think Cloverdale Bible Way can say amen to that. You're a blessed people tonight. Hallelujah. Spiritual blessings. Now, verse 4 is very, very good. I want to bring attention to this verse. According to... As he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated. So it's predestinated. You're predestinated. You are predestinated. Amen. Amen. He's predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I like that. God has a will. And sometimes we can all get kind of caught into what's God's will for our lives or what's God's will. But remember, God has a will and it's a good will to the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. God bless you. You can have your seats. And the Lord is good tonight. And his mercies endureth forever. And Brother Tim Dodd spoke on Wednesday uh, a message on uh, purifying the bride. 
We appreciated that. And for about uh, three to four weeks, I'd had some pages of notes. And I brought it to the pulpit, even took it to Renton, Brother Tim, and didn't speak on it, speaking on holiness and purity. And some of the same uh, quotes that Brother Tim had uh, mentioned, the very same scriptures actually in Leviticus about how we've been separated. Uh, God separated us and he's put a difference between us and them and how that um, he's called us to holiness and he has severed us from other people that we should be his. And then Brother Tim uh, came and spoke on purifying the bride. And then I didn't know this, but yesterday he was working on a dishwasher a lot of the day. So whether it's spiritual or natural, I said, well, maybe you have part two for tonight. Amen. He, he does spiritual things. He does natural things. And I'll just lay those notes aside. But purify us tonight, Lord. Amen. The Lord is speaking to us as his elect. I, I just th- still think this morning's message was good food for our souls. And it was God dealing with us. And tonight I'd like to speak on um, not as long because we have a baptism. Uh, Sister Ashley. But I'd like to speak on our responsibility to walk in his will. And Brother Branham spoke uh, the message. Does God change his mind about his word? He spoke it in, in Jeffersonville. Then a few weeks later, he spoke it again in Los Angeles. And then just two nights after that, he he made this statement. He said, you see from, as I said uh, last night, he said, any move, any move from that original plan of God throws the whole thing out of cater. We can't move from that original word. He said, we talked on it last evening or the evening before last, rather, on Balaam. He got God's answer straight and clear. Don't go. Isn't that amazing? So many believers pray for God's will. They're looking for it. And here's a man that got it. Don't go. And he still went. And Brother Branham said, speaking about God, he has a permissive will. And you can work in that if you wish to. And God will make it honoring, but still it's not God's perfect will. He said that's what we should strive for, his perfect will, not his permissive will. I believe we're a group of people that are striving for his perfect will. Not a permissive will that we kind of say, oh, well, he said he'll make it honoring. And I'll just kind of go along and God will give me permission. He said, no, the kingdom of God, which is in the earth today will and can never be set up justly on a permissive will. It's got to come back to his perfect will. So I pray the Lord Jesus will just get a hold of all of our lives. If maybe a one or two or five or ten or more have gone in a certain direction, or if there's any of us, I believe we're here to encourage one another that the kingdom of God can never be set up justly on a permissive will So God, take that out of my heart then. If I'm leaning a certain way and I'm going a certain way that's not your permissive will, Lord, do whatever it takes. But don't be like Balaam that was so stubborn and self-willed and hitting the donkey and wished he had a sword and would have killed the poor donkey. What would have happened to Balaam if he would have killed that donkey? I mean, you remember he's out in a field talking to an animal. 
Back and forth, back and forth here. Have not I been good to you? And yes, you have, but this and that. And he said, the angel, there's an angel standing over there. And the Bible said God opened his eyes. He saw the angel standing there. And so many people can get going in their self-will and down a certain pathway. But we don't want to go that way. We want God's perfect will. I believe that with all my heart. When I was reading uh, the Hebrews uh, book uh, um, with our family, something struck me when Brother Branham, if, you, if you'd like to turn back to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, our opening scripture. Because we have a responsibility to walk in his will. It's actually the bride's responsibility now to find that. We have the mind of Christ and we hear messages. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 was the verse I wanted to bring to your attention. Two things here. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So when did God choose us? When did God look at our whole lives and choose us? It wasn't when we raised our hands or came to an altar or were baptized that God kind of got, oh, oh my, they're, they're coming, they're coming. No, before the world began. Hallelujah. So when did God call us or choose us? It's before the foundation of the world. And I really want this to be strong in your heart. Who chose you? Who chose you? God did. So if God was able to look beyond all of the things and choose you and I to be a seed, then what are we struggling with tonight? Why do we struggle in this little, uh, Brother Branham said it's a little hickey. It's like uh, um, eternal life as a circle. But there's a little hickey that has the beginning and it has an end. And this little hickey off of the circle. Why do we struggle so much? It's because we're all flesh. But some of these scriptures and quotes that a prophet came to bring our hearts back to and restore ought to really anchor it down. That he chose us before the foundation of the world. So you can't be lost. You can't be lost. You know, sometimes we just need to say it. I can't be lost. Just tell the devil. Thank you, Brother Milko. Maybe that devil sitting down in the pew or somewhere or on your shoulder. Just, did you hear that? And then number two, who chose you? God chose you. God did. So Brother Branham takes the scripture in Ephesians that we just read and said, who did it? God did it. God knowed from the beginning who would be saved and who wouldn't be saved. Certainly, he was not willing for any to perish. But he didn't send Jesus here to just see if you'd act like, well, poor Jesus. I feel sorry for him. Maybe I'd better get saved and approve it. He said, no, sir. God knowed in the beginning who would and who would not. So therefore he knew that some would. So he sent Jesus to make a propitiation for those that he foreknew. 
Let me stop right here and say, ask you, who believes God foreknew everything? For about half of you. Foreknew. God foreknew everything. It's not shocking Him that you're surrendering. Before the foundation of the world, December 2nd, we're circled on God's calendar that Sister Ashley was going to be baptized tonight. And nothing was going to stop that. So here she is. God's not surprised and shocked and saying, do, 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 do. They've announced the baptism. No, no, no. It's already pre-planned. Everything said in just, just fine order. God knowed in the beginning who would and who wouldn't. So he foreknew he sent Jesus for those who he foreknew he has called. And those who he has called, he has justified you. Who justified you? Who did? Not the church. Not the preachers. We're foretellers of the word. And it comes in a lot of different ways. And languages and tongues. But God comes to the heart. And there's going to be a people rise out of this hell place. That grabs a hold of the word and says, I'm predestinated. I'm justified. How are you justified? God made me justified. He has called us. And those who he has justified, he hath past tense glorified. So it's not you that keeps yourself. It's the grace of God that keeps you. You you didn't save yourself or nothing you done to deserve being saved. It's God's grace that saved you. From the balcony. God's grace saved you. God's grace called you. God's foreknowledge knew you. He knew that you'd be in this church this night before the foundation of the world was ever laid. If he's infinite, if he isn't, he isn't God. If he did know all things, he was God. If he didn't know all things, he wasn't God. If he's almighty God, he can do all things. If he cannot do all things, he's not almighty God. But I believe we're here tonight. Saying, He's Almighty. He's greater than my storm. He's greater than my storm. I mean, look at this, what happened this week in Anchorage, Alaska. You talk about someone's world crashing around them. Look at this vehicle. You talk about the earth caving in around a person. They're just getting off the highway, off the exit, and a 7.0 earthquake strikes. And here's their vehicle. Look at that. That's incredible. I don't know who was driving that vehicle, but it wasn't their time to go. And many times you tonight might feel exactly the same. The earth is literally caving in around you. But the God of the storm... He's right in the middle of the storm. He's going to keep you safe. It might be caving and cracking all around your family. And there you are. We need to give praise to God tonight. That that's exactly the way our lives are many times. Just a few feet earlier, a few feet later, it would have been a different story. I mean, look at this. Look at this journey. Look at this road. Look at their plans. 
And sometimes that's the way our lives seem. Just broken, just crashed, just suddenly, just like the earth shaking. And they said there was over 500 and I think 57 aftershocks and earthquakes in the next few days. Alaska. We know in 1964 there was another Alaska earthquake. Do you remember a prophet that spoke about that and threw up the rock in the air and Alaska almost sunk? That's what happened in 1964. And here it is this past week. We see it shaking again. We see these things beginning to happen. That's just, that's just little what's going to happen when this world starts shaking and rocking. And they tried to describe it and they said, you can think that you're in control, but when there's an earthquake and things begin to move, you're told, you have no control over that. Oh, my loving brother and sister, it's good to be anchored in the rock of ages. And know that when these things happen in our lives, that we've been walking where we should. And tonight I wanted to bring these images in front of you to say that if the earth seems to be caving in around you, or your health seems to be caving around you, or your heart seems to be caving, and your life just it seems like, remember, God has you in His mind. And nothing can take you before God's done with you. Amen. These things are so true. And sometimes as we look at things in life and we maybe look at them a little differently, we can take courage for the battle is the Lord's. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 18 together. I wanted to read a positive scripture to, um, thank you. In Genesis chapter 18, I want to bring this responsibility as Sarah and Abraham were hearing the word. I want you to notice in chapter 17, uh, verse 15, when Genesis 17:15 is when God spoke to Abraham and changed his wife's name from S-A-R-A-I, Sarai, Sarai, thy wife. Thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, shall her name be. That was in, in verse 15. God said that. So God was changing her name. And in chapter 18, the same Lord now appeared unto Abraham in the plains of Mamre. This is chapter 18, verse 1, as he's sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord. So he had a revelation. If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. And it goes on to speak in the next few verses how they hasten to the ten in verse six, and to make ready these uh, the meal and the cakes. In verse 7, Abraham ran into the herd and fetched a little calf that was tender. And they, they hasted and dressed it and took butter and milk 
And he set that before them and the calf. You can see that in verse 8. As they stood by them under the tree and they did eat. These are very important things of the Bible because Brother Branham showed that these, that these were men. They ate food. But it was the Lord. And verse 9, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? S-A-R-A-H. So why didn't they call her Sarai? If it was just someone in the, in the neighborhood or in the church, we would say, how did they know to call her by her new name? Unless they had been there or unless it was the person that had changed the name or unless they were in, in a relationship already. How did they even know that Abraham was married? It goes to show that it's not just men walking around. It was God visiting them. God knew because it was God that had changed her name. Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I, watch verse 10, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. I, I believe Sarah was around 90 and Abraham 100, somewhere around there, 89 and 99. This is before the child was uh, brought forth. So here Abraham and Sarah were well stricken in age and Sarah had already, uh, the sisters would understand. It had already ceased to be in this manner. And so she laughed when she heard this. It's like, it's not possible. How is this going to happen? Verse 12, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I am waxed old, Shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And maybe your experience has gotten old. It's gotten stale. And the pleasures you used to have with the Lord has gotten, time has gone on. We need a change. Let's talk spiritually. It's time for a change. Sarah laughed and said, Shall I of charity bear a child which am old, is anything too hard for the Lord? Let's dig a little bit deep and ask Cloverdale Bible away this question tonight. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask it again and you can respond. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Does God change his mind about his word? Even though Sarah laughed, even though you would say she had unbelief, even though you would say, even before this, in another place, Abram, Abraham laughed. You say, how do these things be when you're old and, and stricken in age and, and, and things have gone on? How, how is God going to override uh, the, the bride's unbelief? Let's just get right down to it. Sarah's a type of the bride. How, how is it going to happen in our lives after all these years when we say there's no way there can be love out of this or something good happen out of this or a rapture happen out of this? I mean, come on, you know, and people laugh. 
But tonight I wanted to see you, show you that God was going to override Sarah's unbelief. God was going to override her laughing at the promise. I could have took a legalist stand right there and really chastised us for our laughing at the word sometimes or laughing at the promise or we've all been guilty of looking at the carnal side of everything and we've all been guilty of that. You know, why didn't God cut us off like he did so many others that heard the message and then walked away and have no desire to believe like you do? Why why is there something in you that keeps believing? Keeps trusting God. And why is it after all these years of some of your spouses leaving or brothers leaving or or sisters leaving or your friends leaving? What has kept you there? I want to say it's God. It's God that foreknew you and put a seed inside of you, brother Sam, before the foundation of the world. And when all the earth around me caves down, God has kept you. I wanted to read the scripture tonight and show you that God overrode Sarah's unbelief. And God has overrode many times your unbelief. Because when we look in the scripture, Sarah brought forth the promise. Brought forth Isaac. And the bride is going to bring forth Christ. Let's look at this again. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Bring your own situation into the scripture. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, now the Lord is speaking, I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. God did not change his mind about his word. It wasn't going to come through Hagar. It was going to come through Sarah. I don't care if she's 90 years old and Abraham gets to 100 and you look at it and say it's impossible. God says nothing is impossible. And friends, we need to look at our situation and say, Lord, it looks like it's totally impossible. It's so old. We've gone past the time of life. And God says, I got you right where I want you. That's when the miracles begin to happen. That's when the healings begin to happen. That's when the inspiration begins to drop down in the room. And you begin to say things. And do things. And pray things. Hallelujah. That's not just hearing a quote about we have the mind of God and saying amen and all rejoicing. And then going and falling flat on your face. That's in the middle of the battle you saying, I have the mind of God. Satan, move back from me. Now, verse 15 is a very amazing verse if you have your Bible, because Sarah denied after all of this discernment. And where is Sarah, thy wife? She's in the tent behind you. And he discerns her heart and said she did laugh. She did laugh. And he's she's behind him. That's what happened in our generation. Brother Bannon would turn and he would say, and he would know the secrets of their heart. It was God saying, the same Lord Jesus is present in the service. He knows your heart. He knows your address. He knows your name. But you know, in 2018, some of us are a little stubborn or a lot stubborn. But we say my case or our situation, it's no different. God knows the secrets of our hearts. 
He knows all about every detail and his word still keeps marching on. It, it just still keeps going forward. If I was you, I would jump on board with the word and say, heavens and earth is going to pass away. But God's word will never. Verse 15 is an amazing verse. Sarah denied saying, I laugh not. For she was afraid. She was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. And I heard Brother Branham say yesterday, I think it was marriage and divorce or who is this Melchizedek? He said, can you imagine someone saying to the Lord that he lied? That's a very dangerous ground, isn't it? The angel of the Lord, the Lord himself is saying, but you did, you did laugh. I did not. And Brother Branham, I heard him yesterday said, can you imagine lying, telling the Lord he lied? He said, no, no, Brother John, I, that, that is crazy. Well, sometimes people walk along that same little line of insanity and they're denying the word by their lack of faith. I'm bringing this down home tonight. We have a responsibility to walk in the will of God. And God's will is His Word. It's whatever He said, that's just how it is. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who. But God's going to do it. And, and, and then it comes down to us. This is what Brother Murphy was speaking on. Then it comes back to us. What's our attitudes like? What's our approach then to the angel of the Lord or to the Lord saying, but you did laugh. Remember what brother Murphy quoted. A real child of God will repent. They'll say, I am wrong. It's another nature that always riles up and has another excuse and has another reason. And well, you got to No, God knows everything. He just, I am wrong. But watch in verse 15 when she denied saying, I laugh not for she was afraid. And he said, nay or no, thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Oh my, these next few verses are really good. But let's just move on down to verse 20. The Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sin is very grievous, verse 21, I will go down. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence. Remember, this was Billy, a modern type of Billy Graham and Or Roberts. These other men turning their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Can we go there? Seed of Abraham, stand before the Lord. So we're not in Sodom. We're in the promises of God. We're standing on thus saith the Lord. We're not looking to Sodom for our energy. We're not looking to Sodom. Oh my, I was listening to Brother Brown and him talking about Sarah. They didn't even have a house. They were living in a tent. 
it was Lot's wife that wanted a nice palace and a, a city life and to have her clubs and be able to dress the way she wanted because she didn't want to hear. You know, Lot was, you know, it's amazing. Abraham was his uncle. He could have pulled the family card anytime and said, oh, that's my uncle, Abraham. It got him into trouble. And the day we get it in there that it's just a family affair, we're in trouble. It's more than that. It's got to come down to the word of God. We, we can't be looking at one another so carnally. Oh, my uncle Abraham <laughs> and, and my wife. And oh, okay, we'll move on down there. It got him all into trouble. And if you really want to take it a lot deeper, go into does God change his mind about his word? What Brother Branham talked about Moab is where Balaam got into trouble. That was the seed of Lot's relationship with his daughters. That's where we're going here. That's where the clash happens. Between the carnal and the natural. The in the message, that's where it happens. It's the carnal ones that Brother Branham said uh, Moab was illegitimate. To begin with because it was Lot's uh, son by his own daughter. And now he's bringing that into that's the natural church. Moab represents the natural church. But Israel is the spiritual church. Israel, the bride, represents the called out. He said the church, capital C, that means capital, not the church world, but the bride church means called out. Those that have come out. Come out of her, my people. Be ye separated, saith the Lord, and I will receive you unto myself. Touch not their unclean things. The church of God is called out of the world, out of the chaos of the world. You're no more of the world. So let me say this. When Satan wants to put your family into chaos, that's his curse. It's time to reverse that right around and put chaos back on him. And say, I'm not of Moabites, children. I am not of the carnal church. I am not of Babylon. We come out of Babylon. Is the church listening tonight? You, many of you came out of denominations. Come out of Babylon. Come out of her, my people. Don't let confusion come back into the message. Don't let it come back into your homes. With another name on it. Say, we came out of Hutter Rider. We came out of Baptist. We came out of Three Self Church. We came out of Catholics. We never go back again. But don't let an inner God come back in. Don't let other television God or a makeup spirit or, or fashion come back in. It's the same devil with another name. I tell you tonight, it's some of you, Bramish, your little, your, your little Phineas is rod tonight. You need to just take your little hands tonight and start exercising that. You know what I'm talking about? It's you that needs to take that and take it to the heart of the enemy. They'll come right in among us. They were chief amongst the believers. And brought in a chief princess. Oh, she was beautiful. She wasn't like one of the common believers. She was a beautiful young lady. And, he, and the young man walks right in with her and goes right into the tent. And Phineas had enough of that. And it's time that some of you get that same spirit on you. I've had enough of this. Brother Branham said, so we really believe that God never changes his mind about what he said. He always keeps it true. 
But he has a permissive will. And that's where the trouble lays. We try to work on God's permissive will. And he will permit it. But also if we take his permissive will. Though it's not right. He will make his perfect permissive will. To work out together. To glorify his perfect will. Now that's where for years people heard that. And that kind of gave them a release. Oh, oh good. It's all going to be good. That's a bad attitude. It doesn't just all turn good in a permissive will. We open the service tonight with Brother Brown preaching this message. And then a few days later speaking, the seed shall not be heir to shuck. Saying you can work in that if you wish to. And God will make an honoring, but still it's not God's perfect will. He said that's what we should strive for, his perfect will, not his permissive will. I pray God never lets us as a church or our families just allow things to go along and God still bless it, still honor it. You're good people. When there's a perfect will streaming out to us, calling to us. Amen. I I like this next paragraph, paragraph 47. It's one of those that I bolded. And then Brother Alex, when I was reading it again yesterday, I underlined it with red. He said, there is nothing will go wrong with God. There is nothing will go wrong with God. Then I want to be in that ship. I want to be in that boat. I want to be wherever God is. As we've said before, don't get into a lifestyle where you're walking down your journey of life and you're just asking God to bless your life. It ought to be, Lord, what is your will? What is your desire? Then whatever that is, it'll be blessed of God, even if they take your head off. Even if you're despised and rejected and misunderstood by people around you. It doesn't matter if you're in God's will. But if you're unsure and you don't really know, then you get pushed into a permissive will. And then you're out on a limb somewhere. That's when the devil begins to drop things into good people's hearts and they begin to be swayed. I'd say it's time to come back to the middle of the road. God's perfect will where there's nothing wrong with God. Amen. Can I go just a little bit further? In speaking about responsibility and walking in God's will. We cannot shirk it. We cannot shirk the responsibility to walk in his will. And I know we're a a, um, congregation that comes from many countries that might not understand. We have young people, too, and children. When you hear the word shirk, what does that mean? We can't shirk from the responsibility. It means that when something is coming at you, you avoid it. Uh, You know, uh, I'm I'm evading this. I I don't really want to deal with this. Uh, I see that it's coming. I, I see what I should do, but I'm dodging it. I'm ducking. It, it's coming right at me and I duck. That's shirking the will of God. 
Many times it's because we don't want to do it or it seems hard. But we're all in this together, right? We've all faced it. We, it comes right at you and you feel like ducking. You feel like giving in an excuse, but you got, you're just saying, Lord, you know, you know. Or it means to shun it. Like, you know the will of God, you know this is His word, but you're shunning it. It's an easier road. You can do something different. It's not as much of adversity. I can just kind of do this over here. And God won't bless that. So in a man running from the presence of the Lord in 1965, he spoke about this responsibility. We have so many things we have to do. So much responsibility we have to face. Everybody has got to face a certain responsibility. When you come to choose your wife to get married or choose your husband, you've got to take a responsibility. Maybe build a home. It's a nice, pretty home. Then remember as a pretty uh, as a married woman, you've you got to think of the responsibility of raising children. And you've got to think of them. Pretty slick walls is going to have little dirty hand spots all over them. But you know, if you're kind of the lady that likes everything clean and nice, which is good, that's wonderful. And you're always rushing around, oh, clean that and clean. You're going to run yourself crazy. I think there was a little sign at the store and I, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing but it said the reason our house might be a little dirty because we live here <laughs> you might come into our house and things might be laying around that's because we live here stop thinking everything's got to be perfect and you know the coach oh you got to hang that up and the socks over there oh I got to put that there and friends you run yourself crazy if you don't have that $20.38 balance, you say, where did that go? And this and that. Just be mindful. Responsibilities, you know, of educating our children. He said, this is Brother Branham said, we got a responsibility of clothing and feeding. Everything's a responsibility. And it's so easy when responsibilities face us To shirk from them. And we find that marriage, he said, is a responsibility. In all manners. He goes on to speak about ministers. He said, this is hard to say. But it's true that ministers many times shirk a responsibility. That means we duck it. We try to avoid it. Or why me? Or can another brother say it? Or... And God's just shaking his head saying, no, you're the man. You're the lady. You're the mom. Would somebody please raise my children? I think they could do better. And God's saying, no, they're your children. And you might as well just smile about it. You know, oh man, they're my children. They're gifts of God. Amen. Stop getting stuck on the wrapping. Especially this time of the year, you know, people's opening things. And then they're all this beautiful wrapping and they throw away the gift. They threw away Christ. And we can do the same. We get all caught up in the wrapping and that's what you throw away. It's the garment. It's the flesh. Some people are never happy in their marriages because they're all caught up in the wrapping and the flesh. Wow. What a responsibility of the will of God. We can be so spiritual in church. In our home lives can get so carnal and it's time to see that change 
It's time to really look at one another and say, are we living what we're hearing across the pulpit? Do I have everyone's attention? Or do we just have great preachers and wow, we can look around the room and it's a big church. Or are we really taking it into our hearts? We have a responsibility to live the word. I, I, I trust this is okay tonight. You know that I, I love you. But he's talking about ministers and how we shirk a responsibility for standing for the true word of God when they're confronted with it. And they'll shirk that. When the truth of the word of God is brought face to face with we human beings, we are prone to shirk back until the last resource. We shirk back until the last. It's like report cards or it's like our last, you know, cramming for a test. It's the last test. And we, we shirk back instead of just being diligent. No amens. We could be more diligent. We put off things till it's 911. We don't approach an issue because it's too awkward. And you don't want to say it. Well, you know it to be true, but you don't want to say it. And nobody wants to talk about it. But we shirk our responsibilities when the word of God and his promises are put right face to face with it or, or to get away from it. We're, we're put with a responsibility when we're put face to face with the will of God for our lives. Are we going to run? Or are we going to face it and ask the Lord to help us? Are we going to stay in the ship and say, I'd rather be with him? I'd rather be with him than to live a thousand days in the courts of the wicked. Sounds like David. Give me one day with the Lord than a thousand days with the wicked. Now, he said you can't come to that church door and go out the same person you come in. You're either further away or closer to God every time you come in or go out. Oh, how easy it is for people to shirk these things, he said. When they're confronted and there's a question. I just say, Lord, help us not to shirk your will. It's facing us. The word is facing us. And I think some of us wrestle with it being so hard of a burden and so difficult of a task when really it's a privilege to serve the Lord. It's an honor that God would call you and I to be the bride of Christ. Do we agree? I mean, who are we trying to please anyway? It's pleasing the Lord. God called you to be a believer. He called you to be a son or daughter of God. Stop trying to please everybody else. But I will say this. If there's spiritual people around you and you're seeking to serve the Lord and make him happy, those that are spiritual around you, they have an understanding about that. We're not your enemies. We're not against you. My, I don't know who the Lord's speaking to tonight. We're not against you. This whole church is for you. The ministry's for you. The Sunday school teachers are for our children. Our counselors at camp are for us. The deacons are for us. The trustees love us. Hallelujah. Oh, well, stop it. 
That's like kid stuff. That's like little children do when they don't get their way. Well, you're growing up now. And if you're not, when you hear these kind of things, you kind of, you're right. That's nothing but the truth. I'm staring at the word right in the face. And I need to do better. And I can. I can do better. When I was looking at that quote that you remember, when they asked Brother Branham the question, how do you feel is the best way to find the Lord's will in some important matters? And Brother Branham answered that question and and talked about prayer and talked about things. But he talked about how we just let ourselves get neutral and don't take either side. And, And I'll be honest with you. We're not very good about that. We usually have a side. We usually would like it to go a certain way. He's answering the question though. If you want to find God's will in an important matter, you've got to learn to stay neutral. In fact, later on in the quote, he said this in prayer. He's praying how you should pray to the Lord. Now, Father, in my heart, you know it doesn't matter. And many times, we got to stop right there. Are you still listening? Good. Because for a lot of people, it does matter. They want it this way. They want it that. And even if they ask you what you want, they already know what they want. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's wrong for us to be that way to our lovely Lord Jesus that knows the perfect way perfect will he already knows the future and around the corner about your boss and that company and you think man i'll do this and we'll do better and we'll be and and six months from now that whole company's going to be dissolved and they've got it so thrown at your feet this is what you need to do this is what you need to move where you're at and go here and that and and six months from now the holy spirit knows that company ain't even going to be working The Lord knows all of that. Or the whole building could burn down. Oh, you say, you're being fanatical. No, that's just how it works. Life happens to all of us. And it's better to be found in God's perfect will. And have something rock solid to stand on. Instead of saying, oops, was that emotion? Was I looking at the bank side of the financial side of it? More than how God was really dealing with my heart? Maybe you needed more character with that woman there. She just rubs me. This neighbor of ours. It just. Ugh. We need to move. We're moving. Well, you don't know in two months if God's going to move them out of there. We need to just stop it sometimes. We get so like anxious. I do. And we get nervous and. Father, in my heart, you know it doesn't matter, but I want to know what you want to do about it. Now, that's really good. That's really wonderful. That's good. That's worth stopping and saying, Lord, am I really there? But my thought about this was in seeking God's will on on any matter in our Christian experience. If we cannot remain neutral, something's wrong. With our approach. 
Something's wrong with our attitude and even our desire when we can't stay neutral. If we can't say, honestly, Lord, it doesn't matter. I'm not leaning to the right or to the left, whatever you want to do. Something's wrong with us. Brother Murphy made that comment this morning. I wrote it down in my notes. Something's wrong somewhere. And it's like, you know what? That's not a great revelation, but many times a person needs to go back and really search. Something's wrong somewhere. But the Lord Jesus knows exactly what it is. And he can put his finger on. And when we make that quote, and it's so true, she'll have the mind of Christ and have thus saith the Lord. It deals with all areas of our lives. Can the church say amen? Or are we just talking about thunders and rainbows and you get all the seals and that's thus saith the Lord? Or is it about our families? I believe it involves all of these things. Let's go to Genesis 22 as we move toward the baptism now. We doing okay? I looked at the time, you know, and I was just wondering about that. Genesis 22. Brother Branham reads this scripture, Genesis 22, and works as faith expressed. And he's speaking in verse 1 how the Lord was wanting to try Abraham. That word tempt. He's just wanting to try him because God already knew what was going to happen. But he said unto Abraham... Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. These scriptures have always been very amazing to me because I thought, what would you have done? What would I have done? Because verse 3 says, Abraham rose up early in the morning. So he didn't consult with 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 the board. He didn't wake up his wife and say, the Lord told me to do this. She would have probably had 50 of the men put Abraham into a tent and say, restrain this guy. He's listening to voices. Do you agree? I mean, what if, you know, Brother Murphy woke up and said, I'm taking charity and I'm going to go kill her. Tracy would be calling us. It'd probably be Brother Tim, myself, or Brother Biscoll, or Brother Tom. Something's got into my husband. I mean, I just want to share a burden. This is what's going on in our family. What? Murphy? I'm not being dramatic. I'm being truthful. Sometimes it's better to keep it to yourself. Look in verse 1 and 2. Did God already know what was going to happen? But did God change his mind about his word when he said, go take your son, your only son, and offer him up? Did God change his mind? No, he knew exactly what he was doing. And he knows exactly what you're going to do. 
say, what am I supposed to do? Just keep walking. And you do exactly what God tells you to do. Or you say, then I'll take verse 2. Well, just read on down through the chapter and you're going to find out very, very quick. God let him go all the way up to a very moment. In fact, his own testimony, he, when two other young, uh, young people was with them, he said, I and the lad shall return. That's what he said in verse 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. But God had just told him to kill his son. In, in Abraham's mind, he was going to take Isaac's life. But he remembered the word that it was going to be through Isaac. So somehow, God's going to resurrect this young man. But I'm going to follow through. This is what God led me to do. I know we're saying things that some of you are really listening good about. But let me say this. The Holy Ghost will never lie to you. And whatever he leads you to do will not be against his word. You say, but if you would have took other scriptures, it's wrong to murder. It's wrong to kill your son. That's where many of us wouldn't have got up the next morning. We would have reasoned. We would have said all this. And what about that? Stop that. It's time to be obedient. Lord, you said this. I don't understand it, but here we go. Then when it really comes down to the verses there in verse 5, when he says, the the I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. How do you explain that? He's walking by faith. So he took the wood and the burnt offering and they walked both of them together. That's the way family should be together. In verse 8, Abraham said, my son... God will provide himself a lamb because he had been taught true worship. So he was wondering, where is the lamb going to come from? And he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And I underline that word together in verse eight and verse six, because it shows family worship and going together. Verse nine, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And you've all seen it. He's taken his knife to slay Isaac. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And I just say, God, help us to have that kind of faith. But did God change his mind from verse 2 to verse 12? Because Brother Branham spoke two whole messages on, does God change his mind about his word? He said, one thing, take your son and offer him up. In just a few verses, verse 12, he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son for me. Who remembers the song, take the dearest thing to me? 
if that's how it must be. It's got to come down to the most dearest thing in your life. You're willing to let it go. And God now, it wasn't just for God. God knew the future. It was for Abraham. It was for Abraham to see. I'm going to go all this and I'm not going to be a chicken. And I'm not going to take Sarah and ask her what she thinks about it or talk to some of my friends. The Lord spoke to me. Now, friends, verse 12 is where many are at tonight when the Lord wants to show himself in your life, in your need, in your prayers. And then verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. This is wonderful. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. God already knew that Abraham was going to do this. Come right to the very point. He said, now I know. Those would be lovely words for some of you to hear. Now I know. You've given up so much. You've gone here. You Now I know. Now I'm going to do something for you and show you the ram as a type of Christ. God created that. How does, how does it get up there in the mountains? It was God that did that. I just want to thank the Lord on your behalf that we have a responsibility to the will of God, but so does God. And God is going to keep his side of his word. Amen. God doesn't change his mind about you. He's not watching your life really, really closely and your behavior and then say, oh, you're not good enough. No. He brings attention to our behavior and shows us as we're walking along. But he already chose you way back here before the foundation of the world. So some of us need to brother Dan, brother Daniel preached on that. It's blasphemy. To question God's justification. We just need to believe it. Say God called you. He's justified me. I'm going to make it to the rapture. And I don't understand everything in the meantime. But I'm learning to be more sensitive. We're learning to lean. We're learning how to surrender. We're learning how to die to ourselves. We're learning. We're sons and daughters of God. Does that help anybody? God's not waiting all the way up to December 2018 and it's, man, you're not worthy. Look at your life. You made a miserable failure of all of my words and all the messages. No. It's time to look at the devil and say, you know what? I, I see. I've been maybe living underprivileged, but I'm taking the word of God. God doesn't change his mind about his word. He is my avenger. He was Hezekiah's avenger in the scripture we read. But do you know this morning service and how it ended? The very next chapter is Hezekiah and the Lord saying, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go, Hezekiah. He just God had just wiped out one hundred and eighty five thousand people. And it's such a great victory. And the very next chapter is Hezekiah caught in a situation where God's will was. It's time for you to go. And he said, Lord, no, no. And he turned to the wall and he cried and he got some more time. But in those years, 
is when there was a great embarrassment in his life. He should have went when God said, it's your time to go. It goes to show how you can have one chapter and one thing in the Bible. You say, wow, that's amazing. And the very next chapter is another lesson. And it's all good for us. Stay in the middle of the road. Don't just lean on the negative and you read out of this book of the Bible. You say, man, everybody in the church is, is, is lukewarm. Oh, man, they're all just backsliders. And look at that sin. And look at legalism. And look at this. And you can get on the bandwagon and nobody's going. And you wonder about yourself. It shows the Spirit isn't the Holy Ghost. Then you get on the other side, like Brother Branham talked about, a drunk man. They love everybody. They just love everybody. And they pay for drinks and they'll do all kinds of things. And they got, you know, friends, we need to get drunk on the Holy Ghost. There's times the church needs a good Holy Ghost revival. It's about time to have a baptism. But our whole church could use a good move of God. Our families could use a good shaking. Hallelujah, all of us, my family included. Where you don't just sit around and tear each other up and down and and foolish talk and nonsense, but you can actually edify people, strengthen them, build them up in the faith. Hallelujah. We're coming into December now. It is December. And this time of the year, I, I put it in my notes. We need to remember the body. And remember this time of the year to be a body and strengthen one another. It's a lonely time for many. And instead of being selfish only, we need to think of others. And when we're together, we need to speak things that are positive and encouraging. We got enough devils lying to us and tearing us down. It's time that the people mature to a place that our real maturity shows is how we treat one another. Hallelujah. As our musicians come. And I think Sister Brooke is going to sing a song in a few moments for her sister's baptism. But let me say in closing. God's will is working. God's will is working. It's working just fine. You need to get into the plan of God and get into the word and find out we're not all weird. We're not all against you. We're not rubbing you the wrong way purposefully. You know, no, no, we're, we're for one another. I think I've already said that. Excuse me for repeating myself. We need to encourage one another. This was the Holy Spirit laid this on Brother John's heart to say, God's will is working. It's just fine. God's word is nothing but the truth. It's your absolute. It's our tie post. It's an anchor for our souls. It's kept many of you through many storms of life. And as you get older, don't get cranky. Don't get so cranky and a know-it-all that you can't humble yourself down and help others that are finding their way too. God's will is working. Regardless of what, if we see it, He's working. Regardless if we feel it or we hear it or we smell it or taste it, God's working. He's working. And I want to see him work more. Regardless of your emotional state tonight, God is working. Regardless of your mental state tonight, God is working. 
And healing is in the body. So you isolate yourself and want to get away, healing's in the body. So regardless of your emotional, your mental, or your financial state, God is working. His word is nothing but the truth. Hallelujah. I'd like to see somebody nail that down and say, devil, you take that. Regardless of your grades in school, regardless of your status at work, regardless of your housing situation, you could live in a palace, a house, an apartment, or live in your car, or leave the service and go sleep under a bridge tonight. It doesn't change the word of God. God's will is working just fine. So whether you feel happy and all free and nothing's wrong, the word is working. Whether you feel low and depressed and pushed down, the word is working. As we bow our heads tonight, maybe the Lord is speaking to someone to take this responsibility to believe very seriously, regardless of if you feel good or feel happy, regardless if you feel secure or nervous or upset. God's word has not changed. His mind has not changed. His will has not changed. I thank the Lord that in this age of insanity, God has given us messages and services that we can come into and let off the pressure. And if I've been weird or wrong or not balanced, the, the Holy Spirit knows how to bring us back into a place where He can flow through our lives. Can you just play something, Brother Benjamin? Just real worshipful. I just felt as we go to the baptism, the Holy Spirit just dropping down right there, wanting to maybe strengthen someone in that area. That the Lord Jesus that knows us individually and collectively. Lord, I don't want to shirk my responsibilities. This is our time to look deep now. I don't want to dodge it. I don't want to evade and avoid and duck and shun God's will for my life. Let's pray for one another. Let's let's ask God to help one another. Let's ask God to be someone's portion that is in a valley of decision or in a time of great trouble. And they need strength to look beyond the clouds or look beyond the situation that's right in front of them. And they need someone else. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's another person. God was skin on them to say, it's going to be okay, brother. Sister, we've gone through that too. And the Lord's word was the anchor to our situation. We've made it through on the other side. That's why fellowship and sharing the word when we get together is more important than the local sports team or the local news or the politics of whatever country you live on. It's more than that, friends. 
God's will is working. God's word is working. Is there anyone here with heads bowed that would slip up your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I need strength right now with what I'm facing. Lord, you know the decisions or things in my personal life, my family, my marriage, my my children, something concerning the church or a business decision or your school. Is there anybody that would just like to humble yourself and raise your hand and say, Jesus, I release it to you right now. I'm giving it to you, God. I'm not strong enough. I don't know enough. I don't know as much as you know. And I'm humbling myself, Lord, right down to the carpet. I'm getting right down to the floor as it was, where Brother Alex runs the vacuum over on Mondays and Thursdays. I'm getting right down there, saying, Jesus, it's your will in my life I want. I don't want to wrestle with this no more. And if you're in need of healing right now, claim it right now. One of our sisters here is dealing with vertigo and crystals. You're healed. It's the word of God. It's the atmosphere. Take it right there. Some of your home lives, Satan's really challenging it right now. From the top. Or maybe it's from the bottom. Or from the middle. Wherever it's at. Gird up the loins of your heart right now, brothers. Be leaders of your home. Sisters, we encourage you. We need you. We need our sisters. We need our young people to be strong. We need our marriages to be strong. Satan's coming in like a flood. And I could speak a lot right here under a burden from my heart. But we need the Lord. Some are in crisis. And they don't even know it. And they would never admit it. Crisis. And I pray Jesus help us. And help our brothers and sisters. Oh Jesus Lord. Your will is working God. Your word is working. And we pray after all these years Lord. All the meetings that we've had, all the services as the calendar has now turned to another month. And we find ourselves at the last month of this year. We realize, Lord, time is fleeting. Things change. People change. Economies change. But you never change. I love that tonight to hear. It's always good. You've never failed. God never fails. He speaks peace. I want to be on that boat where the master's speaking peace to the troubled waters. Heavenly Father, I pray for many as our brother Ryan, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, spoke about the storm and us standing on the waters. If you would bid one of us this week to come out on the waters, don't let us be so attached to the boat. Don't let us be just texting our friends and what do you think I should do? What do you think, Dad? What do you think, Mom? Hello, Deacon. 
a preacher. I got a, I need an appointment. But let us run to Jesus. Let us look up into your, your face and say, Lord, your will be done. And yes, you do use these different ones around us. You use ministry. You use mothers and fathers and school teachers. But now, who is leading us? Lord, we thank you, Father, that throughout the years, there's been a family like the DeSmith family that's walked with the Lord. Our brother Matt and sister Christy, and even months as they go by in years, we have prayed for their children individually. And to see one of them being baptized tonight ought to cause this whole church to be in a praising and hallelujahs. That one of our teenagers has come to a moment of, of surrender to the Lord Jesus. When all heaven breaks loose, let us break loose down on earth a little bit more. And learn, Lord, to let our emotions escape out a little bit more with a smile and with a praise the Lord and a pat on the back and a good hearty handshake as it goes so far in these desperate times. And maybe it's a closing prayer. And someone gave their heart to the Lord. That would be worth everything. And the wrestling would stop. And being afraid would stop. And the laughing would stop. And Sarah would look up into your face and say, I was wrong, but I believe the word. And I'm looking and under anticipation for the day to arrive and I will be ready I pray that that would come down into our hearts tonight Jesus bless the congregation bless those that aren't with us tonight some are traveling some are away in ministry some are in the hospital some are at home sick would you strengthen us Lord God and may we speak words of strength to one another in these desperate times in Jesus' name. To worship and magnify thy name.
that's your desire we may not always know the will of the lord but have your way lord jesus and just help me to surrender that's the heart of every believer i believe that tonight so let's just sing maybe we just sing the last part the cry of my heart oh for the cry of my heart is just wanted to give glory to the Lord and um, for all of you who are still believing for your families it's just it's little by little so God bless you all
inhabitants of your land. I have given you this promise, and it's time to take a stand. You've got to drive out your enemies, so your loved ones can go free. Little by little, I will prosper.
who's thankful to have Sister Ashley here? Raise your hand and being baptized. Hallelujah. Well, we're so thankful for uh, Sister Ashley DeSmith, 14 years old and coming up through eighth grade. I'll just give a little something personal. Um, it wasn't last Friday night. It was the young people's before that, that um, the young people's meeting had ended. And there's kind of like a refreshment fellowship after that. And a time had went on and it, most everyone had went through the line and things. And I noticed Sister Ashley still up at her chair. So I walked up to her chair and just kind of sat down and began to talk to Sister Ashley. She was reading her Bible just all alone and. I noticed a maturity in Ashley, and she's grown up among us and been to our camps and been in our church, but I noticed that God had been doing something in her heart, and she had come a long ways, as we had, had have prayed for Ashley before in the past, but I noticed that God had his hand upon her life. That was on the Friday. I didn't know that um, uh, something about baptism was in her heart. But that uh, Sunday, because she had been wanting to be baptized, she was looking for an opportunity to speak to her father. And the Lord just so arranged it in between the services for uh, them to be at a table together. And she asked the question to her dad about baptism, and he began to speak to her. I just think that's wonderful. God works and God moves. But I think it's important that we also see that God has, has his hand upon Sister Ashley and is calling her to himself. And I thank the Lord for that and for the dismissed home and how they've sought to have the token applied over Sister Ashley's life. But it's a very personal thing. When a young lady comes to this point and says, I want to give my heart to the Lord. So we were able to go to their home and speak uh, with them, father and mother, my wife and Sister Ashley, and went over the scriptures. It's very common to most of you but the Bible says in Acts 2, uh, 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you. And to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So if God is still calling, that means there's still mercy. And um, Sister Ashley has responded by repenting. And tonight is her night to be baptized. And we spoke about this and how we can baptize her in water. But only God can fill her with the Holy Ghost. Would you pray with us that... The Lord Jesus will fill this uh, young lady as she desires and that she'll continue to be a fruitful uh, plant among us. Amen. Let's pray with Sister Ashley. Our dear Heavenly Father, this is such a sacred day for us to be able to rejoice and celebrate with a teenager in this wicked hour when so many young ladies have no desire for you. They have no love for Christ. They have no love for your word. And to have that drop down into someone's heart is a miracle. It's a supernatural sign 
that there's still mercy on the face of the earth. And I'm thankful that you deal with our children and that you're still dealing with men and women across the lands. The last few are coming in. We hear the coming of the combine. Years ago, it was declared that the sound of the combine was already coming through. It's very few that are hearing that voice. So tonight we're thankful and our hearts are bursting with joy. Sister Ashley's come to this moment. I praise this special day has come that as we put her down under the water, that truly it would be a grave to her, the old life and the old nature. But as she rises up, Lord, as you rose on Easter morning, let there be a resurrection. Let there be a quickening. Let the love of God and your spirit that's been brooding around and around and cooing over Ashley, let it come inside of her. And I pray she would be a testimony to her family, to her mates, Lord, and friends, and to even in our church and her neighbors and friends and some that are streaming right now, some that are very close to her that would love to be here. But I pray as this goes out across the waves that another one of your daughters is coming home, that we would rejoice also. Lord, bless her. And I pray that you'd fill Sister Ashley DeSmith with the Holy Ghost. It's according to your word, Lord. As we heard tonight, you cannot lie. May you confirm it, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Would you like to step in? Sister Ashley, according to your desire to be identified in true Christian baptism, I baptize you in his precious name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. We're so happy for the DeSmet family. Amen. Wonderful family. Wonderful families in the family of God. Amen. Well, let's stand together. We've had a wonderful day in the house of the Lord. My, what word we have heard today. Just a blessing to our souls. This morning, you know, Brother Murphy preaching to us. I think it was part two, wasn't he? Avenge me of my adversary. How many appreciated the testimony of Sister Rose? God is sovereign. He won't lose one. You know, what a wonderful time. It really touched my heart. You know, it doesn't matter the circumstances. It might seem like that was her chance 10 years ago. But if she's a predestinated seed, God's not going to lose her. Amen. And uh, Brother Murphy was telling us just before the service, there's already a furtherance of that testimony. And that is there's about 50, 60 people up from her area that said, you know what? We're also done with denomination. And we want to hear about this message. And we want to walk in this light. Amen. I'll tell you what, God's moving. Amen. And tonight we heard about responsibility to do, to walk in His will. He truly has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You know, I was thinking about responsibility. Brother John was quoting from the message, Man Running from the Presence of the Lord, I believe. And Brother Branham deals a lot with human responsibility. And you know, it's, it's human nature to run from responsibility. 
But it's the nature of a son of God that says, give me my mountain. And so we just have to decide whether we're going to walk in our old human nature or whether we're going to walk in the quickened nature of God within us. Give me my mountain. Are you there tonight? We don't want to leave the church here today just saying, oh, well, you know, it was nice. It was good services. No, we want to leave here saying, you know what? I'm taking a step forward. I heard what, what God spoke through Brother Murphy this morning. If there's something that needs to be slain, I'm the one that's going to slay it. Amen. We heard from Brother John tonight. I'm going to accept my responsibility. Amen. We're going to walk further with God today, tomorrow, and the day after. I want to sing that song. It's an old hymn. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. I don't know what number it is. I'm sorry. I'm sure you'll find it quickly up there. There it is. Let's make this our testimony. We've heard the word. It's dealt with our hearts. How many were dealt with today? I can say God dealt with me today, both services. And I want to make this my confession. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I'm pressing on.
request today? We've heard some word today. Oh, we've heard some word today. These are the glories that nobody else in this generation has the opportunity to hear but the elect of God. I'm not talking about hearing just the sound of it, but blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. If you heard from God today, you can say, I am a blessed person. He has blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Amen. Amen. We're blessed people. It's glorious what God is doing in the midst of his bride. Let's bow our heads together as we close in a word of prayer. Wonderful Redeemer. Heavenly Father. That we can call you our Father. My Lord. My God. The one who came by my way. And came by the way of individuals here. Though we appear to be moving as a group. We're not. We're moving as individuals led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, you have revealed your word. You have made your name known. You have declared your glories unto the elect of God. Truly, Father, you have fulfilled your word. And that you have said in this day, the days of the voice of the seventh angel, all the mysteries of God would be finished. And Lord, we want to say tonight... As we heard your word, we want to accept our responsibility. Not in our human nature, which would be, Lord, we would run from responsibility. As as Jonah ran from responsibility. As Brother Branham talked about himself running from responsibility. But Lord, there's something deep within our souls that says, this word is for me. It came by my way. And I accept the responsibility of the word. I will walk in the light of it. I will allow it to mold my life. I will allow it to wash me and to separate me from all the things that are unnecessary and ungodly and unbecoming of a Christian. Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands this precious this evening. Thank you for Brother John tonight in his labor of ministry in your word. Thank you for Brother Murphy laboring to bring the word this morning. Lord, it was a full measure of word. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll take that word which you've spoken and you'll plant it within our hearts that we might say as we leave this place like David, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for Sister Ashley taking that step of faith in Christian baptism. And Lord, may you just touch each and every life that you're dealing with. We commit ourselves into your hands in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brother Matthew wants to remind you that there's a meeting in the outreach room right after the service. Where's Brother Matthew? The outreach room upstairs in the Sunday school rooms and uh, for those who would like to be a part of the special outreach over the next few weeks that they're going to be doing. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with one another as you go. The service is dismissed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.